Hi, welcome to the Lawcast. My name is Melanie Thorley and I'm the director of MJT Law. Today we're going to spend a few minutes talking about all the mad, or mad, all the different changes that have been made to the IR laws here in Australia. So for those of you who have been kind of keeping an eye on this stuff, we've had a number of things that popped up in December last year and now they're all being implemented. Um, we've got pay secrecy clauses that are now going to be prohibited. We've got uh, means to try and, well, from the from the government's perspective, try to um, deal with the gender pay gap. Uh, we've got equal remuneration provisions that have been placed on. Um, we've got new clauses in relation to anti-discrimination. Uh, we've got some changes to how people bargain. One of my favourites, they're going to get rid of all the zombie agreements. <laughs> These are brilliant agreements. So for those of you who have an idea here in Australia, um, Australian most Australian workers who are workers who are not from state governments and those who are often also have it but there are awards these awards basically set out all the terms and conditions of the employment and they're long like 60 pages long and they're difficult to understand I always liken it to you know landing the space shuttle into the Hudson River okay so I'm just going to go through a couple of them because I think they're hilarious um, the first one is um, the changes to the contractors. Like here in Australia, like in many countries, uh, we have standard contracting arrangements with our employees. Now these contracting arrangements are term ones, so kind of fixed terms or maximum term contracts. They are they are pretty normal uh, and they they range over a number of reasons. You might be funded annually, so you have an annual agreement, but a lot of them really aren't based on anything at all. They're just based on administration. And the courts have already mentioned that once or twice before. Now, quite soon, we're going to be, when I say soon, I mean in December, we're going to be restricting um, when I say we, I mean the government in its IR laws is going to be restricting uh, contractors, contracting arrangements. Now, contracts must not exceed a period of two years. Um, any contract that is to be extended or renewed over two years will automatically become a permanent employee from what I can tell. Um, they are going to be, so when we're thinking about two years, we think a contract with a fixed term that exceeds two, two years, after that they're permanent. A contract that has a right to renew, and the right to renew is two, you know, at, at some point the whole process is two years, they get captured. Uh, or two consecutive fixed term contracts. So they don't have to be two years old, they can be shorter, but it'll be two fixed term contracts. There are a lot of fixed term contracts out there for like three and six months. So I'll be interested to see how those work. Now there are a bunch of exceptions. These exceptions are complicated. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go out and say it. It is easy to get this wrong. If an employee has a special 
skill that the employer does not have, then that's that could be an exception. There's an exception where it might be engaged as part of a training arrangement. There's an exception where they need additional work during peak periods. There's an exception where uh, additional staff members are needed during an emergency to replace a permanent employee. <laughs> How are they going to measure this stuff? Um, look, one of the ones I'm, I think does make sense is when you're over what we call a high income threshold. At the moment, the high income threshold is $162,000. Most of you who are watching this will be going, what? $162,000? That is a crazy amount of money. Yes, it is. It is absolutely a crazy amount of money. But that is the high income threshold at the moment. Um, if you weren't over that, then you're kind of exempt as well. Um, employees that are reliant on government contracts. Yes, they're exempt, so it's nice that the government is uh, carving themselves out of this. Um, an employee is appointed under governance rules of a corporation or association, which specify the length of time the appointment, the appointment can take place. This is, a, this is another interesting one in my view, because it really fits into that corporation's law space, which I have to admit, people, I have a working understanding of, but I'm not a corpse lawyer, I'm not a corporation's um act lawyer but this one there must be rules out there and this is kind of the first time I've been really thinking about it but now that I think about it I think okay it makes a bit of sense there are rules out there that must state that a particular office holder or role that becomes an employee has a certain length of time oh yeah I can see it you know but I'd like to be in I'd be very interested to see what those jobs are because in the decade or so that I've been an employment lawyer I don't really know any. I haven't seen any. Um, that could be just those contracts are awesome and they don't need employment lawyers. Who knows? Um, and an employer is permitted to enter into a fixed term contract under a modern award, which is the other thing we were talking about. These zombie agreements are going to get cancelled. Love them. Love the zombie agreements that are going to get cancelled. Okay, so consequences. For the, if you breach this, well, kind of interesting. The expiry mechanism is going to be considered invalid, which means that your contract is going to go on. You're a permanent employee. So, yeah, look, I actually fascinated to see how this is going to work out in practice and why they're putting it in place. Yeah, okay, it, it gives more certainty. Um... But we have like a mad, mad high percentage of casual workers. Surely it would be easier to turn all these contractors into casual workers and then just terminate them whenever you want. Happy days. It's, I don't know, look, I don't know. This whole thing is a little bit weird. I'd be like to see how it all plays out. And we don't necessarily have to worry about it too much for another sort of six months where it's not coming out until December. But love the change, people. <laughs> just don't know how that's going to work. We have a really weird decision that came down a few weeks ago. Back in January, there was a decision from the Fair Work Commission that claimed that it was a breach of the civil penalties um, and actually a breach of the NES, the National Employment Standards. If you didn't pay your worker out of all its entitlements before you fired them, now, you know, we're all thinking, how does that work? 
you're gonna someone's gonna find out they're fired by you know looking at the bank account details weird yeah look there, there are some rules around this so there's kind of parameters um this is termination with pay in lieu of notice kind of at the last minute you don't really know about it it's kind of happening um um so yeah it's 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 a really weird one i'd be interested to see how this plays out the commissioner did state that although the civil penalties will apply which are astronomical you know 60 odd thousand for the corporation and 12 odd thousand dollars for the individual who did it in the first place so it's not cheap but apparently you know there's no loss because you pay them out in a few days they're not really going to be loss of anything so the civil penalties doesn't really seem to have played out but apparently it is a breach um it's something uh, the Fair Work Act talks about that the employee must give notice so before they leave um, and therefore the employer must also give notice before they terminate and the notice of if it's paying out in lieu of notice and they must pay out in lieu of notice before they terminate and I just don't know how that's going to work in practice actually uh, it just doesn't make any sense anyway before I finish up, people, I want to talk about our new shutdown laws. Okay, so we have like a gajillion awards. And they're doing something mad. Mad, 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 mad to the um, um, to the to the shutdown provisions in the in 73 of these awards. Now at the moment, 73 awards basically say if you have a Christmas shutdown, you can ask your staff, as long as they know in advance, that you're going to be shutting down and they can either take all their annual leave or they take leave without pay. And that's what it says. And you know, we all think about this and go, well, you know, it seems fair enough. They don't no one's going to be there or we're going to be on holiday. We all know we're going to be on holiday. It might suck a little bit because you're using your holidays over a period where you've probably the most expensive time to take holidays but now they are saying when I say they, they there's been a change in 73 awards that are going to make that harder so and there's a bunch again remember landing the space shuttle into the Hudson River again it is super complicated so it is any mechanism that directs an employee to take leave without pay during a temporary shutdown. So that's like over the Christmas period. Um, they must provide, the employers must provide 28 days notice. And if the employee was engaged sooner than 28, it must be told as soon as possible. Um, any direction to take leave must be in writing now and it must be reasonable. Um, they can only take paid leave in accordance with the direction of the shutdown. And if there's not enough accrued leave, this is the interesting one, guys. If there is not enough paid annual leave to cover the period of shutdown, the employee may take paid annual leave in advance um, of accruing that entitlement. So they go into a negative balance where they get paid. Or you can agree in writing to take unpaid leave. Now, I mean, from my perspective, for my business, I'm not really going to care about that. Uh, I don't have a gajillion employees. They're all pretty loyal to me. Hopefully they won't say otherwise on 
Facebook. They're pretty loyal to me. They're not going to take their annual leave, collect up, go into negative balance and then resign, for instance. So you can never get that money back. But if you've got a kajillion employees and you're taking leave, you could lose a crazy amount of money on this. And what's the deal here? If it's an annual shutdown, it's an annual shutdown. There's, there's, there's no kind of surprise there. Anyway, notwithstanding, it does mean that 78 awards are now going to be changed. And my award also, the Legal Services Award, uh, is going to have a change. I assume. I haven't looked into that question. I probably ought to. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be really interesting. So you're going to be paying somebody a leave they haven't accrued yet. And I can tell you now, um, I offered my team this uh, at Christmas time to take um, to go into a negative balance while over Christmas and both of them refused. So I'm probably going to have to get in writing that they want to take unpaid leave during that time. Crazy. Anyway, thank you everybody for watching. It's been a bit of a whirlwind week because we've got this new shutdown thing that just, just happened. Um, and I've been working on this contract stuff for so, um, the, the, this, this, maximum turn contract thing for a while and I love this you have to pay someone before you terminate them <laughs> I love that so as always employment law is mad 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 anyway thank you very much everyone for watching I hope you have lovely weeks we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with some more thanks for watching the lawcast <laughs> see you again <laughs>